You know what, Sam? What? We've got questions. Listeners got questions. We're going to answer all of it tonight. Yes, we are. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Caniac Report. Sam, Hurricanes lose the first game of a five-game homestand, 3-1 to one against Philadelphia. Uh, this was a completely different team than the team that we saw that won and, and shut out, mm-hmm. not just one, but shut out Tampa 4 to nothing. Uh, that was just crazy how... You can go from playing so good against Tampa to playing very, very sloppy. And I think this was the sloppiest game, Sam. I really do. Yes, it was horrible. It was rough. It was all of the adjectives. <laughs> I mean, Carolina played very good for about two minutes in the first period. Until Philadelphia scored their first goal. Yeah. But we'll get to the game recap. Uh, first things first, I do want to talk about one thing. Um so, obviously, at the start of the season, we were planning on doing episodes after every games. Um, moving forward, you guys probably know where this is going. Um, moving forward, we're probably going to, we're going to be going back to the off-season schedule, uh, which is episodes every Monday and Friday. Uh, the reason why is, listen, I love this. I think it's very fun. Sam, I'm sure you... You think it's fun as well. Yep. But it's just hard considering that we do have full-time jobs. I have to wake up at, at 6. And also considering, too, I do all the editing and episode promos for the episode. I have stayed up till midnight <laughs> on a few occasions. So I, I like to keep my sanity while uh, doing this. And it... And again, I, I still think it's fun doing this, even with the episode recaps, but that's just going to be the schedule moving forward. I hope you guys understand. Um, I think that's going to be easier for us down the road and give you guys more quality content that way, too, because if things do get hard, because, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that they're really hard right now, but just doing it after every game has the potential to be just hard on us. It's still fun, but it has that potential of being very hard on us. Like last, I game. don't want that to be a roadblock into uh, just not making our content quality. Yeah, because content. I mean, last night, Sam, if we had done it like we normally would, you and I would have been maybe a little bit more hot. <laughs> and I think it's best to come into it and tired about it. Yeah, hot, tired, angry, you know, all, all those things. So we would have been a little bit more upset. So I think this allows us to marinate a little bit and flush our thoughts out. It's going to allow us to, like, when we talk about games, if there's, like, a stinker, we can kind of just say, hey, Kane sucked tonight. Final score was this. Let's talk about the good, talk about the bad. But when we're doing recaps, we sometimes are a little bit more detailed. It's going to give us a little bit more creative wiggle room. It's going to allow us to talk a little bit more broadly about issues, um, which we're going to do a lot tonight (laughs) because there are issues. And 
there are lingering issues and they haven't been addressed. But yeah, I think this schedule is going to be good for everybody. So everyone who's driving to work on Mondays and Fridays will have something to listen to. So um, yeah. And I like the schedule because Monday schedules will be talking about the yeah. weekend games and then the Friday schedule will be talking about the weekday yeah. games. Now don't worry, playoffs, we'll go back to what we did last year. It's playoffs. If we make the playoffs, I mean. I mean it's like- well, it seems like no. if you look at the standings in the Metro, other than maybe the Rangers, none of none of the teams have a lock in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Which is good for us, but yeah. bad in the same way in the fact that we don't really have a lock in the playoffs. Hopefully that'll change. Yes, but hopefully again, that will. We'll change. talk about the team in a minute anyway. So, yes, definitely. So that's that's going to be the uh, schedule moving forward. Um, I really liked recording during the off season. And I think we might have those segments back with NHL and Kane's news. Um, I think if we had NHL NHL news in today's episode, we probably would have talked about Edmonton's head coach getting fired. Um, but we'll we'll bring that up. So our next episode basically will be Monday, Monday because it's kind of redundant to record another one tomorrow. And also it, um, for uh, the Friday after that Monday, of course, um, we're not going to release an episode that Friday because it is Thanksgiving on Thursday and both Sam and I are going to be with family. I'm sure you guys, um, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are with family. Yep. Um, and, uh, so we're not going to probably have an episode on that black Friday, but we'll be back on the regular Monday, Friday schedule after that, unless, well, actually, Christmas falls on a Monday, so you probably won't get an episode on Christmas. Uh, and honestly, if, if there's holidays like on Thursdays or Fridays or Mondays or Tuesdays, or I would say Mondays or Sundays, probably don't expect us a, uh episode yeah. during that time. Yeah, so basically, you know, like Christmas, New Year's. So like Christmas, there won't be one on that Monday because Christmas is a Sunday. We're going to be with family. Um, you'll probably get one that that Friday, and it'll be a little bit more, like probably a longer episode too, just because we'll have more to talk about. Um, and and, and that's then, what we'll do. If if there's no episode the Monday or Friday, we'll make the other episode um, that is uh, proceeding that after that one. Uh, we'll make that a bit of a longer episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the plan uh, moving forward. I know that was my plan heading into the season, doing one after every game, but it's just, I mean. Yeah. I think it's we best for, for, for the podcast. We try, and we're still learning. And obviously. look, if there's, like, some huge development that happens, some, like, like if someone breaks, you know, tears their Achilles, whatever, something huge, we'll do an episode because it's big news. It's just it, Norm is going to be this. Something massive happens, and, of course, we'll do something quick. To talk about it because, well, we don't want to be behind the ball either on important information. Like some massive trade comes down, right? Pesci gets moved. I think we'll probably talk about that pretty quick. Yes. And all, and obviously, I mean, you guys are already getting episodes after every game with Adam Gold's podcast. Which we fully endorse and recommend you go listen to. Kate's yes, Corner Podcast. Definitely. They're a friend of the pod. Yes, definitely. So uh, now we're going to get to the recap of the game. Uh, Sam, in this game, I mean, we can, we're going to talk about the game probably in more of a general sense than really delve into the details. Uh, it was a rough game. The thing is, is at the start, 
a puck drop, I thought the Kings were doing pretty decent. It wasn't until Philadelphia scored their first goal. Um, Owen Tippett scores. I, I, I mean, I mix the one nothing. I think to me, that's a goal Chekhov needs to have. Yeah. Even though I thought he played really good after that. Yeah. It's one he wants to have. Um, I mean, you know, maybe that changes the complexion of the game. Orlov probably could have played a little bit better, but I mean, there were three Philadelphia players I mean, in that mix. I don't even feel like the defense played it awful. I, I just thought that was Kachekov should have had it. Kachekov was a little deeper in his net. He probably should have been out a little bit more to cut off some of the angle. He was square. I mean, you know, between when he goes between your arm and your body and it is to the back of the net, that's not good. Yes, definitely. And, of course, Philadelphia. And to me, this was the low point. Um, the low point was at the end of that first period. Where it w- where the last two minutes, Carolina just stopped skating. There were yeah. traffic cones at that point. No, and Carolina, the whole that whole period after that first goal, could not get it out of the zone. No matter what they did, it was they were hemmed in. They couldn't get it out. It was frustrating. Passing was terrible. Uh, they, they kept, kept trying turning to force. the puck over. They kept trying to force these cross-size passes. And look, if the lanes aren't there, they're not there. You got to figure something else out. Yes, you can't go back to the well if it's dry. Right? I mean, that's what we saw all night. Look, people want to crucify whoever. I mean, the, the hate Tony crowd is going to crucify him somehow. I really don't think anything was really necessarily his fault. You might want to say, I think it was the second or third goal. Tony was like right on top of him playing it well, but it was a turnover by Orlov that caused it even to be a problem. I think it was the third goal. Third goal. Yeah. And it was like hey, I was in all alone on Kuchekov. But, I mean, I thought Tony played it well. I thought maybe Kuchekov could have come out of his net just a little bit more to cut off the angle. Maybe or in Orlov shouldn't have turned it over, so I just I'm not here to blame the defense in that regard. I didn't really it, when they came to the goals, it was turnovers that cost them. Like the first one, Kochetkov. The second one, I think, was a turnover, and the third one was a turnover, and they couldn't clear the puck. <laughs> it was turnovers and the inability to clear the puck out of the zone all night. Yeah, and then the offense really couldn't was. get going. Good God, Jack Drury! Oh dear God, Jack he didn't Drury. do anything to try and score on that brilliant pass from Nason. Like, that was a great pass. He was all alone. He didn't do anything. I do not. I thought D'Angelo actually had a couple great passes. He had a great One pass to, to Nason. And Nason, yeah. But Nason for the goal. For, Br- yes. Brilliant pass by D'Angelo. And a brilliant pass by Bunting. D'Angelo should have had two points. Um, which is why I'm opposed. Again, look. You and I might disagree. I don't think Chatfield comes. We scored a goal tonight. Chatfield doesn't help fix that. Not even close. Chatfield has no offensive talent. No, but he has thing, some, but, but not also, there. I mean, you want to look at the power play to this game. It wasn't that good. No, now, I mean, I'm not going to blame all of that on Tony D'Angelo. I don't blame when it comes <coughs> to team performances. I'm not going to blame it on one player. I'm going to blame it on the whole team. No, and I think um, Jordan Stahl kind of talked about that too. And I think, look, Carolina got one goal, and final was 3-1. to one. They couldn't clear the, the – really, the story of the game, before I go into this long thought of the organization as a whole, the story with the game was turnovers, costly. Inability to clear the zone, costly. Right? Bad goaltending, costly. 
right? Yeah, and I didn't think Philadelphia played that great of a game, to be honest. No, I mean, their power play looked horrible when they got one. Yeah. They didn't even try. It's like, we know we can't score, so we're just going to kind of hold the puck for two minutes, which they did well. And Carter Hart's a decent goalie. No, he, I do he is, he is a solid decent. goalie. Um, <clears throat> so those were all the problems there. But Jordan Stahl said it, there's not a buy-in. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the problem? Who's not buying it? At that point, it's like, okay. You got to look at your new players. Yeah, because, okay, look, someone's the idiots out there and say, it's Tony D'Angelo. And I'm like, mm, Tony was here before. This team was very successful. I, I, I can't, you can't convince me that that's where that is. And, 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 and if it is, I think it's for a good reason. Because if it was, it was probably because he's been a healthy scratch. For he's a, a couple but he's games, a, and he well, wants to get in again. Good intentions. Well, I there. think I think D'Angelo is only a healthy scratch for a singular game. I mean, if anything, it'd be Chatfield. I think Chatfield's Chatfield has missed more games than D'Angelo. I'm gonna check on that because I can't <laughs> really remember. Because when we had Pesci yeah. went down, it was eleven and seven, right? So D'Angelo and Chatfield played. Um, well, no, for beginning of the season we went eleven and seven, and then we had other things kind of go on. D'Angelo played 15 games, and Jalen Treffield played 12. How many games have we played in total? I mean, look at Burns. 16. So D'Angelo's missed two? Uh, Yeah, probably missed. Chatfield's missed four? Again, that's because yeah. of mm-hmm. Andrew DePesci. He's played so many. Um, look, there are some serious problems. I think on the D- – look – I'm not blaming D'Angelo, but I think you have a problem with your with your defense. And they might not be buying in. And I understand not buying in when you have four, when you have seven top four defensemen. You have nobody nobody will understand that's of the seven group would understand being scratched, nor is it necessarily justified. So it's hard to buy in, right? Yeah. When last season you had Coglin, you had Again, I know no one hates him. You had Ian Cole the year before. These are guys at the time where if they're scratched, they know their role. They understood their role. They understood why they were here, right? DeHaan, I think, at least when he was here, appeared to understand, right? He was the seventh defenseman. Brendan Smith is another good example. He understood his role with the team. These guys don't deserve to be scratched. That's not their role. Yes, Shouldn't I be agree. their role. And look, I know Adams talked about, oh, this is great in case someone goes down. Sure. But until then, you're going to have a problem in that locker room. And there is a problem in that locker room. We've been justified in that. There's a problem. I don't think it's guesswork anymore. I think Jordan Stahl basically said it without saying it. That there's no buy-in. There's a problem. Now, that can be a couple things. All right, Jordan Stahl, you're the captain. Why isn't there a buy-in? Right? Yes. And, and I think that falls on both him and Rob Brendamore. And Rob Brendamore even stated that at some point this is going to fall on me last night during the yeah. press conference. And we were talking about it, right? Look, sometimes coaches can run their course of getting a buy-in with a group. It happens. It's nothing bad about the coach. Peter Laviolette, I'll use him as, as an example. Carolina brings in Laviolette. Carolina goes, wins the Stanley Cup. He got the buy-in from every single player. They do it. Guess what happens the year after that? They were trash. They didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, they didn't. The year after that, Laviolette gets fired. I think halfway through the year. Peter Paul Maurice comes in. Gets Carolina back to glory. Eastern Conference Finals, I think a year or two later. 
even he loses the buyout. And Paul Maurice is a hell of a coach. And yes. so is Peter Laviolette. Look what Peter Laviolette's doing in New York. Forget about that, don't so, we? So does that mean the next season New York's going to be trash? Well, <laughs> I think Peter Laviolette always will have a shelf time everywhere he goes. Because I think he gets the maximum buy-in in his first year. He gets pretty close to it that second year. And then by that third year, it's kind of out because he won't change his mind. He won't change. He's stubborn, more so than Rod. I think every coach is probably stubborn. <clears throat> Can be. Some will learn, and which is good. And those who don't are the ones who get fired after a while because yeah. they don't change what they need to. Um, but there's a problem with buy-in. It falls on two people. Jordan Stahl, Rob Brindamore. What do you do? Now, Carolina is still, I think, number three in the Metropolitan Division. That's not good enough. You don't start a homestand and you lose to the Flyers. And you're saying, well, you're complaining. Carolina's in the playoffs. Sure. Guess what Philadelphia has on us, or Pittsburgh has on us? Two games in hand. They win them both, and we're, we're, we're into the wild card spot. And then there's some people who are in the wild card spot that have games in hand. If they win those, we're out-out by Thanksgiving, and we don't want to be there when it comes to Thanksgiving. By Thanksgiving, we want to be in the playoffs. We got two games. One against Pittsburgh. That gives us some breathing room against the Penguins. Got to win that game. I feel like that's a must win. It's divisional. And then there's against the, the struggling Edmonton. Edmonton Oilers. Now, they've, I think, won two or three in a row now. We'll see if that keeps up. Again, this is a team with a new coach, new system, a team you should take advantage of at home. Yes, they have McDavid. But look, Slavin's been able to shut McDavid down, so is Aho. Believe it or not, I'm not worried about going up against McDavid. Carolina's always done well against the Oilers. And the McDavid well, I era. thought that, too, <clears> against kind of... Well, I had that general sense against Philadelphia, and then Carolina showed kind well, of the, the impossible to me. All right, that, that's like, the problem. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. Carolina's always had that one very, very bad game. Have we already seen that for this season? But that's the problem is I think they've had a couple. It's not been just one. I think that Florida game was just as bad. This game was pretty bad. I think they've had a few. The game against Anaheim was pretty bad. It's not that <laughs> yeah, Carolina's yeah. having – a bad game and it's a one-off it's they have a bad game they have another bad game but somehow managed to win and they have a good game and they still they won but then they go have another couple stinkers i mean carolina is what is, what's our record carolina is nine and six so we're nine and six good thing is we aren't losing in overtime good we're still three games above 500 i'd rather lose in overtime than in regulation though sure would like to see some of those games we pushed to overtime like last night if we lost in overtime we still get a point then we're nine five and one. Got a point. Sorry, in nine and seven. All right, nine and seven. So that's two games above five hundred. So Carolina's going up against Pittsburgh and Edmonton. Both teams are good. Pittsburgh's hot right now. That's not going to be easy. The atmosphere in PNC is going to be tense. It's going to be packed because there's going to be a lot of Penguins fans there. Because I'm going to be going to that game. Yeah, you'll be there with your dad. Enjoy. I get to watch from the comfort of my couch, um, if Bally works, <laughs> um, and. Look, like I said, Jordan Stahl said, really, there's no buy-in right now. At least and, not every night. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, Sam and I, we n truly never know. We don't. But the only thing that we see is, the, and I think every fan sees this, it's that logjam on defense. And so, when a team like the Hurricanes right now are struggling this much defensively, we're going to be looking at that. Yep. Rightfully so. Yes. And I think we have a good reason why. I, and I do think it is the logjam. I've said it before. 
uh, none of those players are meant for depth reasons. Um, now, I think the forward core, there are some like my dad who's like, man, this offense is terrible. I kind of expected that into the season because we didn't really improve <coughs> the goal scoring. Mm-mm. But this defense, it's better than it actually is. And here's the thing. We didn't need to sign Orloff mm-hmm. also during free agency. Well, there was a purpose behind signing Orloff. It was they thought Pesci wasn't going to be here. That was it. That was the purpose. There was no other reason behind it. He I wanted really to come they, here I, and they I wanted they to move him. I learn from this. Well, you can't be... Season. Look, they were... They, they were sometimes, indecisive. Sometimes you need to be a little reactive. Right? I mean, you sign Orlov because you moved Pesci. You don't sign Orlov, then move Pesci, because then teams are going to be like, why are we going to help you? <laughs> like, What's the point here? Like, we want Pesci, but we're not going to pay your price now, because now you're just trying to move him out. I mean... I don't know if that's what's going on. Pesci does have a 12 team, I think, no trade or something, 15 teams, something like that. He's got some teams that aren't that he can say no to. Yes. And also, it's modified, I do think, it's not full. And I do think we have an office of problem too, but this is one of those situations where I think you can solve, you can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. By uh, removing Pesci. the log jam on defense and trying to get help up front. Here's the thing. And here's the thing. I mean, Adam Gold said Vasily Ponomarev will probably be coming up if Jack Jerry doesn't get his chance. Um, honestly, they need to get someone that n- not internally. They need to get someone outside. Whether it's Eric Stahl or not, I think they need to get someone on the outside from the outside. I agree. Um, but yeah, and the goaltending needs to be better. Really does. I, I need more. That goal can't happen from Kachekov. That first one. That was oh yeah, that was awful. Not happen. And there is an offensive problem. I agree with your dad. They cannot score, and this was always going to be the problem. This organization continues to. But we knew deny that. Go- it. We knew that was go- going to happen going in. I think Absolutely. most fans thought about that once we were pretty much done after the addition of Michael Bunting because he's not a natural goal scorer. He's just not. Um, you heading need to, in, go ahead. No. It, again, it made no sense. This is just the problem. Is This needed to be the year, and they needed to shore up the problems. The only defenseman they should have added this year was Tony D'Angelo. It's the only one that made sense. You replace Gostas Bear with a cheaper version of Gostas Bear, and probably a little bit better. Because I think D'Angelo is a little bit better with his 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 hockey IQ. It's very very good. And also Gostas Bear, even though I thought he was good for us, uh, his production kind of dried up. Um, yeah, the longer um, he was with this team. Absolutely. So then you have. Go ahead. So you then you've got some other main. I mean, look, you shouldn't have used that money on Orlov. That 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 was just one of those things. Like, why in the world did we do that? Our defense is already good. You made the best defense in the league marginally on paper better, right? I mean, that's kind of what it was. That wasn't an area that needed improving. So this is what Carolina should have done. They should have taken that money and they should have sat Tarasenko and came down in the room and said, "All right, boys, who wants it?" Two years. Nearly eight million. Who wants it? That should have been it. Tarasenko wanted the money. That's why he went to Ottawa. 
He got the most money there, and he really didn't want to come to Carolina. He really didn't. But I think the money would have brought him to Carolina because we would have offered him a lot more than Ottawa. Two years, seven and a half million? <laughs> he probably says yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what's funny, too? I kind of talked about this with my dad. You sign Orlov for $7 million, and yet you refuse to sign Pesci for more than five. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and you know what? I, I, I don't understand And that. you know what? That might be a problem in the locker room right now. That could be a problem in the locker room. Yes. I fully believe it. It could. And there is a problem in the locker room. I, I think Jordan Stahl basically said that last night. If there's not a buy-in, there's a problem. And I said it before earlier, that lands on the shoulders of Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martinook, and Sebastian Ajo. That's your captaincy. Those are your leaders in that on that organ in the team. And then Rob Rindamore. Someone's not buying in, or someone's or groups of someone's aren't buying in. Who is it? What is it? What's going on? What do we think can fix it? Is this season over? We're screwed if it is. This is the last chance for some of these guys of this team. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. So that's pretty much our review of the Philadelphia game. Again, we talked about that more in a general sense, um, even though we did talk about the goals as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is it of our review of Philadelphia. Uh, now we are going to go to some listener questions here, uh, both on our Twitter and Instagram. We've got questions on both of those platforms. But before we get to those, let's get to our sponsor. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus packs expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 23. All rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can chop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before like one of their noise-canceling features, which I find is very, very helpful. 
Raycom first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Powertech. Their 5-star review Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. No wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of 5-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay, Sam, you were the one that came up with the idea of getting listener questions. So how about you start first on the Twitter side, and I'll start on the Instagram side after you. All right, first question was from Eric, and he said, Shay and Orlov worked pretty well as a pair. How about putting Pesci with D'Angelo for extra defensive coverage? I have been saying that the defensive pairs need to be shaken up. Broad, again, part of the reason why maybe there's no buy-in is Rod needs to shake up the defense, and I think he does. Whether that's – and I think you shake them all up, to be perfectly honest. Oh, I do too. Ideally, so this is what I'm doing. Right against Pittsburgh, I do. Slavin, D'Angelo. That works really well. Slavin's faster than, De'an- than Burns. So, Slavin, D'Angelo. Then I'm doing – Shea, Pesci, because that works well. And then, um, well, I'm doing Shea, Orlov, Pesci, Burns. Yeah, Pesh, Pesci, Burns. Okay. Pesci, Burns. And then you can keep Burns as your second quarterback power, second uh, power play quarterback. And then Slavin, or D'Angelo stays as your number one. And then you see how you shake up the defensive pairs. If defense is the problem, Rod is so quick to blend the forward lines. Dude, it's okay to blend the defensive pairs. Something's not working. Don't be so stubborn. Do it. It's a game. Try it. Because if you don't and we keep losing, one, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, because there's going to be, if we keep losing and we do fall out of the playoffs, if you think for one second that Tom Dundon will tolerate that, you are out of your mind. He wants to be in the playoffs. If we are out of the playoffs, someone's get fired. Yes, Whether I, that is Don Waddell or Rob Brendamore or some janitor, someone's getting fired I if think, we the I playoffs. Think, I think it's going to be a janitor first. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But honest, uh, t- uh, to be honest, I think if uh, someone does get fired, I think it's, it, it should be Don Waddell first, personally. Well, I guess he'll never come on the podcast now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I said that's my opinion personally. Okay. <clears throat> well, no. You, I mean, again, it's a we'll see. I would like to hope that. So yes, Eric. Yes, I change up the defensive pairs. Maybe not just the bottom four. I think you shake them all up. But I do. I do. Slavin, D'Angelo, yep. uh, Shea, and um, 
Orloff. Burns. Shea and Burns. Okay. I would do Shea and Burns. And then I would do Orloff and Pesci. Reason why is because Orloff really needs to get going. And it doesn't make sense long term to just scratch a $7 million player. No, 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 no. Yeah, you got to let him play. Um, Next one's from Sawyer. Drury is looking super snake bitten. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? The effort is there, but it doesn't seem to be clicking for him at all. Do you all agree with Adam in calling up Hanamarov after a few games, or should he be in Raleigh before the Pens game? Um, I'm not doing either. I'm signing Eric Stahl because I think you need a veteran. I, I think right now, given the lack of buy-in, I think you need a veteran presence, and Ponomarov isn't going to help with the buy-in. right? If there's already an issue in the locker room, a rookie isn't going to help that. It's going to probably exacerbate the problem because he's going to come in unsure of what's going on. I don't yeah, think Jack Drury has the skill level to do what he's doing. I don't know if it's necessarily snake-bitten as much as I don't think he's got the confidence, and I don't think he's got the skill to bury some of these opportunities where if you saw like Ajo or Jarvis with them, they probably pop, they're probably going in at least a little bit better than for, for Drury here. So I think Eric Stahl, and I think Eric Stahl is probably scoring some of these more as well. And I think with Eric Stahl, you're bringing in someone who's going to be able to come in as well and say, hey, guys. This is the best team. He can literally say, I've been here when this team was trash. We are not going to go back there. We're going to figure this out, and we're going to help buy-in. We're going to listen to my brother. It's someone that can come in and, and just... vouch for the captain. Yeah, he's like, this is my brother. Let's do this. Let's trust him. He's got it. Let's trust Rod. I want a Stanley Cup with this dude. We can do it. Let's buy in, and let's go win a cup. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think that's just another... Uh, great point among, I think, possibly many more good points of bringing in Eric Stahl. I'm going to be a little bit more general. I just think you need a top nine center. And and, and I think Eric Stahl falls into that category. And I think if you're wanting to go out and get it on a trade and you're maybe looking for a top six to, to maybe have like three top six centers, I think you're fine because you're going to have three scoring lines. Uh, I guess at that point you're going to Calgary. And you're asking about Lindholm. That's really the one that's probably the most available. And probably the cheapest because of how Calgary's playing. Because yeah. I think right now, I don't think it's going to cost Pesci uh, to get Lindholm. It might not. Lindholm's not having the best year. But Lindholm would do well in this system. And I Lindholm think he would, would do too. well having some solid players. And also he would be out of that spotlight of that struggle in Calgary. Um, so, yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's a question you got to go ask. And Carolina poked around there before. So go poke around again. And if you have to move Pesci to make it happen, I mean, that might be a cap issue at that point. I'd be like, all right, Pesci for Lindholm. Let's do one up and down. Boom, here you go. You need a defenseman. We do not. We will take the forward because that's what we need. Then you move on. You send Jack Drury down to the minors or you trade Jack Drury for an asset. Right? And then if you want to go get that seventh defenseman, go ahead and trade Philadelphia for Mark Stahl. Talking to someone today or uh, yesterday, chatting about the, the defense, and I gave him my plan, and I'll give it to you real quick. You want to go the cheapest route possible, right? Move a defenseman out. If you're choosing to do it for picks and prospects, this is what you do. You move Pesci for picks and prospects. He's your most valuable asset. He's out. You bring in a first-round pick, maybe a prospect or something. Cool. Awesome. That's pieces you can do at the deadline later. So you keep your cap space. In fact, you gained cap space. Or or you could use that to solve up front. Oh, no. This was my plan. If you're going oh. the cheapest plan to fix some issues now. Cheapest plan. Pesci out, picks and prospects. Again, you can flip those at the deadline. But this is the now. I'm talking about the now. You go to Eric Stahl and say, all right, dude, 
here's a million bucks. Come play. Here's some incentives that'll raise that up for you, right? Performance bonuses. Yep, for the playoffs. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, here you go. You go to Philadelphia. Here's a six-round draft pick. Give us Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl's your seventh defenseman. You unite the Stahl brothers. That is something that this organization has wanted to do since Eric Stahl joined the team. And Jordan Stahl joined the team. They and they, have all they, they kind of did that once against the Rangers, if you remember. <laughs> yeah, with Jared Stahl, but that doesn't that was count. Pretty, that was pretty cool. <laughs> it that was, was cool, pretty but cool, it still though. didn't count. Um, and I think that solves your problem. You bring a guy in like Mark who will understand his role. He's a veteran. He will get it. And that's my fix now. And you're like, oh, you just want to bring the stalls back? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it does, too. I do. Uh, and then the last question is, goal scoring is again an issue. Do we trade one of Pesci or Shea before the deadline for an elite goal scorer? We've talked about this, so all I'm going to say is, yes, you do. Um, if you can, if you can make it happen. I don't know of any elite goal scorers that are really available at market. If anything, maybe again. The only move- person I could see is Patrick Kane. Yeah, Kane's about it. And it sounds like it's a Buffalo or a Florida. Florida. I don't think he goes to Florida. If he goes to, It makes no sense to go to Florida when you can come to Carolina. I think Carolina's in a better position than Florida. And um, if anything, I think he goes to Buffalo. Um, right now with Tage Thompson out, they're probably going to take a pretty big swing at Kane. Um, so do I, you know, I don't, if you're moving Pesci or Shea, you're doing it. It's, if you're doing it to get Kane. Florida then has more points than us. They're 10, 4, and 1. I still just think you're in a better situation if you're Kane coming to Carolina. Um, hey, just imagine a line of Kane's, Eric Stahl, and Nason. And see, I'm fine with that. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Kane will be fine with that. Again, if I'm bringing in Patrick Kane, I'm probably putting him on that first line with Ajo. I'm somehow making that work. Um, maybe I'll put Svetch down on the line with, with Stahl. Um, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, that's what I do there. I don't if – you, if you're making that trade, it's Calgary – I mean, if Toronto can't move Nylander, maybe you go to Toronto. They need defense pretty bad. That and Vancouver point, is looking for a defenseman, yeah, too. Yeah, but Vancouver doesn't have any – when they're going to give up their forwards. I mean, you really want to go make that deal for DiGiuseppe? I think that's a bad move. I think he's doing good now. I don't think that's going to continue. Where did that come from? <laughs> Phil DiGiuseppe yeah, doing yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, Connor Garland, but I don't think that's the answer either. But – yeah, that's my – I mean, yeah. So do I do it? Sure, if the deal makes sense. But really, the best player out there that I see that's realistic is Elias Lindholm. Again, maybe Nylander of Toronto just can't seem to get that deal done or he wants out. I saw someone comment today that uh, – some video of Bunsen getting upset and passionate on the bench. They're like, he wants out of Carolina. He wishes he was back in Toronto. And I'm like, nobody wishes they were back at Toronto. Because there's so much pressure on you. I'm like, look, you and I might complain a little bit, but we're not downright hateful on this team. In Toronto, if you suck, they are after you with pitchforks. Ready oh, to yeah. chase they you are. out of town. And look, I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Drury, but I like him as a depth option. So I'd like him as that. I'd rather him as that. Healthy scratch than Lemieux. I just, oh, I would I, too. I think that's a better fit for Jack Drury right now. Yes, I think you really hit the nail there. It, was that all on the uh, questions on Twitter? I'll make sure none other came in while you and I were talking, but I do believe that was it. Someone commented a poop emoji. I don't know if that's because they're trolling us or just because they were bad last night. And I yes. don't blame them if they yeah. did it for the game last night. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sam, you go ahead. Okay, Instagram. Uh, 
Keith Kincaid. Instead of playing their game, they let Philly out-hustle them. Need more focus and crisp passing. We kind of already touched on this, but yeah. Uh, there needs to be a lot better puck management from this Canes team. Uh, there really does need to be. There is poor passing, a lot of turnovers. I think Adam Gold said there, there was only like, what, six giveaways? Yeah, no, like, there, no, uh, there were a lot more than that. But... Carolina, that was, I think, one of the worst performances. I honestly think that was the worst performance of the season because I haven't seen them struggle that badly, especially in the last two minutes of that first period. Uh, so, yeah, Keith Kincaid, uh, thank you for that question. Um, now we have Heather93. Uh, she first says, also, love the podcast. Thanks for all the work you guys do to bring us th these episodes to us. Thank you. What do you think is causing the group to look off this year, and when is it time to worry? Well, to me, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, that's what it's always been, right? And Jordan Stahl, really, at the end of the day, you want to know what the problem is? Ask the captain, because he already said it, and I'm going to say it again. There is not buy-in. That's the problem. That's when you need to worry, right? You're coming up on yes, Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. We got two games. Got to win them both. I, really, yeah, you got to win really them both, do. or you worst-case scenario has to be three points. That's you got to be your worst case scenario. You got to win one, then lose one in overtime. Okay, okay, okay. If you played good and you still got a point, it was a bad bounce or something. I can live with that. I need to see a good game. If you have a great game and you lose still, but I see the system at work, I can live with that because that means we're going to get there. Yes. But right now, there's just no buy in. It's inconsistent. And Rod said it too. We're too good to be inconsistent. And at some point, it's going to fall on him. And, 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 and on, paper, on paper, this team really is good. It's just they're really inconsistent. And I think first thing you need to do is solve the defense. And then you can worry about the offense. That's how I see it. Because defense has not been good this season, which is, I think, the most surprising. Um, and I don't think any of us fans saw that coming. Uh, but it's it's something that really needs to be worked on, so I think that's the focus first, Sam. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, the end of this episode. Uh, we will be back Monday for our next episode, and that will kind of be the start of our Monday-Friday episodes. See you guys then. Thanks for listening to The Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of The Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at The Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.